This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, back to the field. Base is loaded. The pitch for Yanni. Here it comes. This is the Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron. Swings and hits it deep. Get up, baby. Get up. Get up. It's a grand slam. Oh, a grand slam home run for Yadier Molina. He touches the ball. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby and the Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. And for the final time this offseason, welcome to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Amron. I'm Chris Raby on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Next week, the Cardinals open the 2019 season in Milwaukee against the Brewers. And we're just two weeks away from the home opener at Bush Stadium. Thursday, April 4th, kicking off a weekend of baseball with the San Diego Padres in town. We're glad to have you with us for a final time this offseason, and we have a big final show for you. Mike Claiborne and Tom Ackerman will be along with me, and we've got a great cast of guests this evening. We'll be joined by Cardinals Paul Goldschmidt and Harrison Bader. Also, Gary LaRock from the front office. Craig Unger, the GM of the Memphis Redbirds, will be there on Monday. Plus, Mike Shannon and John Rooney. Craig Mish of Sirius XM Radio and Bethany White of the Cardinals talking tickets and more. All of that coming up as we get set to open up the season next week against the Milwaukee Brewers at Miller Park. So a ton to get to and to kick things off tonight for the final time this offseason, let's head down to Florida. Check in with Klaibs and Tom Ackerman on everything going on around Cardinals camp. Guys? Thank you very much, Chris. Well, Tom Ackerman and I are here at the ballpark at Roger Dean Stadium. And, Tom, uh, you've had a chance to watch a lot of this Cardinal ball club. Give me your thoughts on what you've seen and, and what you like in Maybe you even have some concerns. Well, I'll give you the concerns first. The concern is that we haven't seen consistently any kind of an offensive explosion, and I think we're all sort of waiting for that. I mean, this is spring training, so the, the spring training stats get wadded up and thrown in the trash before you get on the plane. But you'd like to see some sort of offense out of some particular players, one of them Marcelo Zuna, uh, a couple other guys, of course, you'd love to see a little more fireworks but this is a ballpark claims roger dean chevrolet stadium that swallows up fly balls we've seen it uh you know we've seen this team i think hit the ball hard at people you'd love to see quality at bats strung together and get some rallies going early in the game we've seen them kind of climb back late in the game and get some things going so that would be my concern i'd love to see more offense the things that i like i really like the starting pitching and you know, Mike Schilt uh, is going to have a really good rotation. I mean, Miles Michaelis should be in great shape for the opener against the Brewers. Jack Flaherty has been spectacular down here. He's been their best pitcher. The third and fourth pitchers, Michael Waka and Adam Rain- Wainwright, look like they're steady selves. Uh, and then uh, the fifth one, you know, Dakota Hudson would be the leader in the clubhouse for that. And we'll see what they do as the season goes along. But Hudson, if Flaherty's been the best pitcher, I think Dakota's been the second best pitcher. And that those are the things that really stand out to me. 
Yeah, I agree with you on the starting pitching. Uh, the bullpen still has some things to deal with. Uh, we don't know what Carlos' situation is going to be like. He returned today after the birth of his child, and I know he's he's been playing catch. I remember the first day he did it, he was playing catch with Mike Schilt, so he wanted to see for himself. But I'm going to worry about the guys coming north, and when you think about the bullpen, there's still some things to be decided. A, who's going to be the closer? B, who's going to be the second guy from the left side in your bullpen? And, you know, I know we talk about guys with options and, and who has them and who doesn't, uh, you know, John Brebbia is going to be part of that shuttle again, I believe. But I think he's been one of the best pitchers, period, in spring training. And maybe he starts his season in Memphis. Who knows? Austin Gomber went out today. So I think there's still some questions to be had there, along with uh, your utility situation. I think Jairo Munoz is on this team. I don't know if Drew Robinson's played well enough to be on the team, but because he has, uh, he's a left-handed bat, then if that's the case, then Tommy Edmond probably is a better player at this point than he is. But, you know, one thing I, I think I can honestly say, aside from that situation, the Cardinals will probably leave here with the 25 best players at this time, excluding people who are injured. I, I agree. Tommy Edmond is going to play at this level and play at this level soon. You know, we really harp on and we obsess over, and rightfully so, the opening day 25-man roster. But really, in a couple weeks, it could be a different roster. Oh, yeah, it's going to change. It's yeah, no gonna, doubt. Yeah. Right? Because Jed Jerko, who's going to start working Sunday or Monday with minor leaguers, his opening day is definitely in jeopardy. So that's why Robinson and Munoz – that competition they go north uh in all likelihood there's still some decisions to be made but you know i i agree with you on the on those points i'm still interested in that closer you mentioned that a little earlier i mean who are the closer candidates on this team i think there are a lot of them i think dominic leone can close i think you just mentioned brebbia although in all likelihood he will go to memphis brebbia can close and then, of course, Jordan Hicks has all the makings of a closer. I think Andrew Miller in certain situations might close. But the two that really intrigue me at the back end of the bullpen come, let's say, the middle of the summer when they're rocking and rolling, if they're healthy, one of them is Carlos Martinez. But the other one who's pitching right now and taking the steps forward is Alex Reyes. He is a big-time X factor for this organization and I think that they could be a, a dynamite bullpen if everything comes through. Did we mention Jordan Hicks? <laughs> you know, because here, and the reason why I say that, and you and I have talked about this on a couple of occasions, when you start writing pitchers' names down, and then we forget about somebody. Because yeah. this is as deep as I've ever seen it as far as legitimate pitching within the organization that has a chance to make the ball club. I mean, I think there's so many options that they have. And as you said earlier, um, you know, they, they've decided that they're going to look at a lot of different guys and they've got this wealth of talent that they want to use. And the roster is going to be changing on a regular basis. I, I don't think, like you said, two weeks from now, we may be talking about somebody completely different. And I think it gives them an opportunity to have better matchups against certain teams. And that's something, especially if you're playing Milwaukee as much as you are in the month of uh, uh, March and April, um, you're going to look for as many matchup opportunities as you can. And uh, it's something we got to pay close attention to. You have a chance to have a really good bench, really, yeah. really good bench. Your two outfielders right now are two of the best hitters in camp. Well, Tyler Neal is one of the best power hitters in camp. He had five home runs coming into today. But Tyler 
is a huge threat off the bench as a power source. And Jose Martinez, who, by the way, I think is a better outfielder than he gets credit for. I, I think, think he's, he's got the best arm. He does. I, think I saw him make a play. I was actually down in West Palm. I was sitting in right field for a little while and watched him make a throw from right to third base, almost got the runner. Mm-hmm. You know, he, the guy the guy can play, and I think a little pressure has been taken off of him because he doesn't have to play first base anymore. We have a first baseman here. His name is Paul Goldschmidt. So everything's okay for Jose right now. And I think those two coming off the bench or starting gives the Cardinals a ton of flexibility. Munoz can play multiple positions, good hitter. Again, doesn't have to play every day at a position where he struggled a little bit at third base making errors um i I think you've got good hitting options off the bench left side maybe a little more thin with robinson and weeders as a switch hitter but it's a nice looking bench i think the cardinals have some good sources of offense out of there and they might need them do you have weeders making this ball club i have weeders making the ball club now weeders that decision is going to come on friday because that's the day that weeders can opt out of this deal so um you're going to find out here in the next couple days who your backup catcher is either francisco pena or matt weeders and they're not going to play a whole lot yadier molino is going to try to play every day but it would be nice to have either one i could i could give you pros and cons either way i would probably lean a little more towards weeders because of the unfortunate injury poorly timed it's not his fault by francisco pena to have an injury in the middle of camp and weeders hasn't shown that he can't catch the position he's not a great hitter mike he's got a you know he's a slow back compared to the others on that bench that we mentioned but it doesn't matter he's not going to be asked to get in there and hit he's asked to be a big target and catch and have some experience i think, I think overall it's going to be a pretty well put together team i'm looking forward to it um and we'll certainly uh, see how things unfold hey this has been fun. Hey, we want to throw it back to Chris here in a bit. want to thank Ben Boyd, certainly our executive producer for this, and Carol for helping us out, Dan Farrell as well, and everybody with the Cardinals who've been nice enough to come on with us each week. And, of course, Chris Raby, who's kept us alive and floating for so many years now. Uh, so, Chris, we'll throw it back to you, and I know you'll throw it to a break, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you in Memphis when we have another stream team game on Monday night. Join us April 7th when 30,000 fans age 16 and older take home a Cardinals hooded windbreaker courtesy of Old Dominion Freightline. Also, all kids 15 and younger will receive a free ticket voucher valid for select 2019 Cardinals home games. Visit cardinals.com slash promotions for more info. Gary LaRock, the farm director, joins us next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. You visit with Gary LaRock. He's the farm director for the Cardinals. And first of all, all your kids are now in camp, so this is your time to shine. It's a wonderful month. Um, these next few weeks as players are working hard to make the four full-season clubs that go out in the beginning of April. Uh, it's very competitive. Players come to spring training as ready as I've ever seen um, over the course of time. And uh, it's great. It's good competition. And uh, we feel, feel good about this month. Although I know kids want to play, but teaching is very important at this time of the year. What are some of the things that you're trying to stress more of these days compared to when you first started? Um, it is teaching. It's all about teaching. And uh, we use all that time wisely, and that starts right now. So actually some of the things we're doing a little differently is camp is 
our camp right now has a, a, a not a number of players less but uh, we're down from our previous number so that we can provide uh, in spring training that the right type of teaching and the time that it takes and then prepare our pitching so uh, spring training is so important and you only have so many hours in the day in these three weeks plus that you have to use them wisely and so what I've seen over the course of time the biggest change I've seen is players come to spring training more ready than ever before they they know they're not coming to get in shape they're coming to earn a spot and when you talk about earning a spot because guys are trying to move up from the level they were in last year they're trying to show you that they took good care of themselves in the offseason. How do you work with your coaches and managers on that, being able to assess kids and how much they progressed? The good news is in the market today and some of the things have changed, we have a performance staff that does a tremendous job in the offseason preparing the players to then show up ready like you speak of. Um, at that point, one of the big keys, the second thing is we try to individualize the program for all the players. So between the performance staff and collaboration with the player development staff, uh, Tim Levesque, our senior pitching advisor, George Greer, our offensive strategist, we, we all sit down together to make sure we individualize that plan based on where that player is. And if you do that, then you're constantly, at that point, giving it back to the player to say, here's where you're at, here's where you need to shoot for. So uh, individualizing the plan for a player is, is a big change over the years as I see it. And part of it is because, quite frankly, we have a great performance staff that identifies needs, strengths, weaknesses, and what we need to work on. Give me some players that you're looking forward to watching in the spring as far as their ascension is concerned. Maybe they finished strong last year. Maybe they had a good Arizona Fall League. Give me a few names of some people we need to pay attention to. Well, I think you've probably, and all our fans have seen, many of the players that have been uh, in big league camp and have done a good job. And without repeating all of those names, those are players that, that draw a lot of attention through the month of March. But at some given point, when the roster gets back down to its workable 25 and the players who are going to go to St. Louis, the rest of those players then filter their way back. Um, I would leave some out because I'm a farm director if I started to throw a few names out. So that group of players comes back, and there's an urgency at that point to make sure they get the right at-bats in the right innings. So we have to coordinate with the Major League Club to get that done right. If you look at all of those players, having them healthy on April 1 is the key, and we've had good fortune of that because of that performance staff and some of the work we're doing. On the lower levels... We now also have guys who were not part of step camp, not part of non-roster invites. Those players have to be prepared in a short three weeks. To mention names, uh, as I said, I, I have the luxury of being the farm director who uh, there's 180 players all have a chance, and that's how I've always viewed it. So uh, in fairness to all of them, this camp has been a very, very productive already. We're extremely pleased with some of the work we're seeing uh, done and and now as players come back now we have to filter them in and and move them into the respective rosters just to get ready because Memphis leaves in a week and a half with the big league club I mean it, it's going to be right here right in front of us and so it's earlier than ever so the preparation the planning that goes into it's been crucial so in this case with, with you having fewer numbers less might be better as far as quality is concerned that's exactly right we're, we're able to teach we're able to, to right away get Pitching is such a, a crucial part of the preparation in the spring as far as getting innings ready. 
to start in April and get that starting rotations ready and uh, provide the right depth for them within each roster. So uh, our preparation that goes into it has been, uh, it's been a real plus this year that we're a few players less than we've been in the past uh, by design. And uh, that's okay because uh, uh, we feel as though it's going to produce a real, real positive spring training result. And therefore, in April, we'll be that much closer uh, for our pitching and for our regulars to be ready. You know, a few years ago, the Cardinals invested in pitching, 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 drafted a bunch of pitchers. Well, they're now all here, or most of them are. And then recently, they've gone after the hitter prospects. Where do you think this organization is deepest at right now as we continue to develop players? Well, I think on the upper levels, we've created a, a very positive balance. And so uh, that's a good thing for us because as the major league needs, you know, as your double-A club tends to be your barometer, your triple-A club, those two clubs, uh, players turn projection in the lower levels into performance. So when they get to double-A and triple-A, you're gauging a lot of it on just how is the performance coming along to be then ready for the major league. So our, our strength and our depth is in, in those upper levels, which is a good thing. I mean, because, you know, every year your goal is and every year to be playing in October. And um, so from that standpoint, that's a good thing. On the other side of it, depth-wise, you speak of the fact that regulars have come into our system off of the draft. And we've created that balance really in the lower level. So we're constantly looking for obviously the pitching to come through and, and allow the organization to be strong there. But you know, when you draft or even in player procurement internationally, when you draft, having had the privilege of drafting for a lot of years, you, you know, everyone else gets to draft too. And the irony is you can't get everybody you want to get. But the good news is we have a, a lot of young prospects in the organization we like. It just so happens a few of them now lately are, are hitters and play regular players, and, and we're thankful for that, recognizing that you only get one opportunity each round or possibly at the beginning of the draft uh, uh, additional. So we've done well with that. Some of the young players that, uh, that our fans have seen are looking forward to good years on our lower levels, and we're excited about it. As always, good to see you, sir, and uh, good luck this year. Thank you, thank you. For the very best in Cardinals coverage, it's Cardinals Magazine. Subscribe today and receive two free tickets to see the Redbirds at Bush this summer. Order at 314-345-9000 or cardinals.com slash publications. Cardinals center fielder Harrison Bader joins us next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Amarant, right here on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amarant, on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. I'm Tom Ackerman, Cardinals Radio Network, with Cardinals center fielder Harrison Bader. And I've asked you this before, but when I say Cardinals center fielder, that has to make you feel like, you know, you're in a long line of great players. That's a it's a big title. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's a tremendous amount of work that's been done to get here. And uh, what's what's amazing about it, what I'm looking forward to about it even more, is just how much how much more work there is to do. So I'm ready for the task at hand, and I uh, I can't be more excited going into 2019. 2019's team looks pretty strong and we'll talk about that a little bit but you know about yourself the other day you had three steals as we're talking right now you have five on the spring as we sort to wind down here and you know Lou Brock was down here for a couple weeks paid attention to that number and I know that you have such high respect for him there's another name that just to to be associated with him I know makes you feel good 
<laughs> I don't know if I'm quite associated with a name like that, but uh, he definitely does bring me up in conversation, which I can appreciate tremendously. So, um, you know, that man's uh, he's an incredible um, just individual to be around, just his personality. Uh, when he comes on the clubhouse and he was down here in spring training, just uh, it just brightens rooms up. So it's it's awesome to be around. And, uh, you know, I know you guys had a little conversation about everything we're talking about now. And, uh, you know, just to think about the fact that he's even mentioning me and, and bringing it all up is, is awesome. So I just kind of go out there and continue to make him smile best I can. <laughs> so let's talk about your game. I mean, you, um, you make contact. Odds are you're going to get to first base because of your speed. So your hitting approach what are you looking to do when you're down here and you and I have chatted a little bit about the front foot and timing and getting that down yeah absolutely I mean the biggest thing about spring training is just uh you know you just gotta it's a balance between the physical and the mental side a lot of my physical side has uh, been ready you know I really was ready day one in camp you know obviously the the timing and the and the feel of a live baseball game is something you gotta work in but in terms of everything behind the scenes and getting ready to go out there day one and compete on a baseball field out I was ready, and I found myself a lot during this exact camp um, training that killer instinct. Uh, that's really what it's all about, um, and just keeping it alive, feeling it, remaining in touch with it. And, um, you know, a lot of it does have to do with the notion of if you do get, you know, on first base in spring training game, I'm looking to take second base and just training that because I know that during the season it's my game. So, um, you know, again, spring training is all about working, working your own game and, and getting to a point where when uh, game one of 162 comes, you know, your game is in as full swing as possible. Um, you know, the whole notion of midseason form, I mean, I don't really know what that means because, um, you know, I, I, I'm expecting um, my expectations of myself are to be ready day one. You know, I want to feel as good as I possibly can day one and just carry that for as long as I can throughout the season. So, um, again, man, you, my game is just getting on first base. It's, it's that killer instinct. It's, it's about do what I can to apply pressure to the team and I, I want them to hate me you know that's really what it's all about and you have also power I mean you have the strength to be able to hit the ball into the gap or out of the ballpark too and that's a matter of making hard contact see where it goes right absolutely yeah I mean I'm of no use if I'm striking out so the big focus for me this year was to put the ball in play and to grind out at bats sometimes you don't get no fast one down the middle you know you're gonna have to grind six seven eight pitch at bats at times and you just got to find a way to put the ball in play because again you know even if you if it's a ground ball, you know, you're, you're, you're applying pressure by running hard to first, and, and, you know, an error might result in me getting on first, then who knows what happens from there because you just simply pass the baton, and this lineup is so dangerous to where, you know, when you do pass that baton, I mean, we could we could roll and snowball into, into a big inning. So, um, you know, my goal is just to continue to play my game for my teammates and allow them to, to do what they do best. Um, but in order for me to do that, i got to put them on play, and that was my uh, my big focus in spring this year for sure. Your manager, Mike Schilt, calls you an elite defender. No argument here. I mean, you've already shown what you can do out there, yet you're always learning there too. And and I see the relationship that you have developing with Willie McGee, with all the outfielders, uh, the preparation of getting you each and every batter what that batter's tendencies are. That's There's so much that goes into playing that position, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's my job as the player to, to reel it all in a little bit. You know, there's a lot of information out there, and at times it gets a little too analytical, analytical for me. Um, but again, as, as a player, it's important for me to, to go out there and trust myself and, and take the information that I'm, I'm given, whether it's during a game or before a game, from Willie and, and Shilty or whoever it may be, really, because I do get information from everybody, and just kind of weed through it all to, to know what allows me to open up my game. Because at the end of the day, when the ball's up in the air, I mean, my, I'm going to go and get it. So, um, you know, just, just keeping it super simple with uh, with some complex information. But, again, you know, I'm, I'm training my mind. I'm training my, 
my instincts to just uh, to weed through all that stuff and, and just kind of keep it keep it simple for me out there and keep my head clear. Your speed gets you that ability to get to the ball, but is there a different sound of the ball off the bat for different hitters, also in different ballparks? Like, how do you how do you read the ball off the bat? Yeah, at times it definitely is. You know, you factor in the audience as well. Um, you know, sometimes you you got some hecklers behind you where they. They might dull the sound a little bit, whatever it is. I mean, it really is, again, it's all about adapting. You know, the biggest thing about baseball is you always got to be adapting. I, I learned from a, a coach in college, Brad Weitzel, his name, and he uh, he would always say you can't ever be a dinosaur in baseball. Um, you always got to be willing to adapt. You not always have to change, but you just always got to be willing to learn. So, um, you know, picking up little things where, if you know, if places that stand out to me the most just from last year, Colorado and L.A., uh, you know, you can't really hear the ball off the bat too well, so you got to find a way to, to read the ball. And uh, at times, whether that might be getting another step in a, in a certain direction to kind of get more of, of the pitcher releasing the ball and, and the batter and the, the line of vision, um, just things like that, you know, because at times you lose all your senses. And uh, the biggest thing you just got to train, obviously, are your eyes. So uh, once those are in check and, and things like that, I mean, it, it makes it a little bit easier. Just a little bit about your life. You're a New York City guy. What do you love about the Big Apple being from there and going back there? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is just kind of the, the pulse of New York City. Um, it's put a chip on my shoulder. You know, my entire career, obviously, up until this point, I was, was told that would, the probability of my making it to the big leagues and playing in the big leagues was incredibly low. And, and uh, you know, I never used my surroundings uh, or the number of baseball players to make it to the big leagues out of New York City. I've never used that as an excuse. I've always had, turned that into fuel. Um, and I still carry that with me every day. Uh, my favorite thing is whenever I tell somebody in baseball where I'm from and they look at me like I have three heads because they didn't really meet too many people like that. So uh, I carry that with me every day to the field. I, I carry that, and, and my family knows how long and, and how hard it took for me to get here. So, um, you know, just knowing that uh, the city allowed me to kind of turn my passion into into something like this, uh, even though we didn't have a lot of grass and everything out there, it just, just means that, you know, New York City obviously just, just toughened me up and, and ironed me out to a to be just uh, mentally strong to play this game. Last time I was there about a month ago, I walked the High Line. So I got on 34th Street, walked all the way down to the Meatpacking District. And I'm like, wow, like I've been coming here my whole life. And this is relatively new, but I, I didn't realize it's a different perspective of the city. It's amazing how lost you can get into the city and find something new every day, forever. Yeah, I mean, that classic saying of New York City never sleeping uh, really is the case. Uh, you know, it's always growing. There's always new neighborhoods popping up. There, are always new things to do. And again, that's that's what it's about. It's just uh, it's constantly changing. Um, and again, and some people, you know, they don't like change and, and they shy away from it. But in a game that's incredibly fast paced, and in a game that's really is always changing, and there's always new ways to to succeed and, and new ways to fail. I mean, you know, New York City is exactly the same. And uh, again, just growing up from there and making it out of there. Um, you know, you, you just realize that you always got to be ready for, for change and, and adaptability is, is key. So uh, movement is key, everything like that, man. I mean, it's it's just there are a lot of parallels you can kind of draw. So it's it's cool when you think about it. No doubt. Last thing for Harrison Bader, transitioning from New York City to your adopted city of St. Louis. What is it about St. Louis that gives it this reputation of a great baseball city? Yeah, I mean, you know, teams, other teams roll into St. Louis and it's, it might be a Tuesday and there are 40,000 plus people in the stands. I mean, my debut in, in 2017 in July, there were 43,000 people in the stands on a Tuesday. Uh, it's just a different, just a, just, just a different energy when we're at home. 
and I, I recall many times last year being on a long road series and just knowing that you're at least got four games at home um, you know you just kind of get your feet back under you get your home crowd behind you I mean the love and support in St. Louis for, for what we get to do and go out there and day in, day in and day out I mean it's there's nothing like it in baseball you know I haven't played at every single park um, in the country but I played it enough to realize how special St. Louis obviously is and uh, you know, I'm incredibly fortunate to, to be able to go out there and, and wear a card on my chest, and that's why I play so hard because obviously you respect your teammates, you love your teammates, but, um, you know, there are kids out there, there are families out there that kind of look up to you, and the love I've received obviously is amazing. So I'm just following I'm just following in step. You know, we have tremendous leaders in there who, when when, Yacht, when Yachty's name is, is announced on the scoreboard, you hear people chant incredibly loud. I mean, that's that's all I want too, you know, and I – I know that in order to get that, it's going to take a lot of hard work, and I'm ready to do it. So, I'm, um, you know, I'm just excited to get it all started, man. It's, we're so close. Looking forward to it. Thanks again for the visit. Always good talking to you. Absolutely. You too, man. The Cardinals Kids Club, presented by Rawlings, is the exclusive fan club for kids 13 and under. Membership includes two tickets to a 2019 Cardinals home game, a Yadier Molino pillowcase, Fredbird mug, lunch bag, and more. Special price of $30 through April 30th. Join now at cardinals.com slash Kids Club. Craig Unger of the Memphis Redbirds joins us next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. It's always great to see a good friend, Craig Unger, who's the general manager, president of the Memphis Redbirds, and also now your soccer mogul. Yeah, we uh, we added soccer in Memphis as well, and uh, our our group uh, has a USL expansion team uh, that started play uh, last Saturday on March 9th. So we're soccer, we're baseball, we're a little bit everything, everything. now. We're everything. You're everything to Memphis, and uh, you've been there for a while. What's it been like to be a back-to-back champion in the manner that you have with the Redbirds? Uh, the last two years were pretty special. Uh, I think when you look at what triple a baseball is is it's it's very transient you know we've i think the past two years we've averaged you know 60 some guys coming through each year Uh, i think it was 62 last year um it's hard to sort of put those teams together um but i think from a cardinal perspective and i'm a i'm a cardinal guy right is that the end is is that these guys have learned to win they went through things where um those challenges of having people coming and going and learning how to fight through that adversity um, and win and win championships. Um, I, I'm encouraged by what the future holds in St. Louis. Yeah, I've had many of my friends who've come to Memphis and, and taken in a game, and it, the entertainment value is going to be hard to beat as far as what you guys do. Not only you're lucky enough to have a good product on the field, but there are a lot of things that surround the ball games. Yeah, you know, for minor league baseball is a little bit different for the person who's never experienced that, and we always tell people, come down to Memphis, number one, um, you're going to love the facility. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it is the best ballpark in minor league baseball. It's very classic. Um, it's a little bit of Camden Yards, a little bit of Bush Stadium, you know, the new Bush, um, sort of all put together. It's right downtown. Uh, but the other part is, is minor league baseball, it's, it is a lot about the experience when you come there. It's about the food. It's about the entertainment. Uh, between innings is a little bit crazier, um, you know, than, than some other things. But, you know, we also try and start, you know, strike a balance. Is I'm, I'm a little bit more of 
a baseball purist in that form is that um, we do like to showcase the players and talk about that. I mean, we're in a Cardinal market in, in Memphis. So, you know, we sort of have to strike that balance between the zaniness of minor league baseball, but also knowing that every weekend we're getting hundreds of Cardinal fans down there who are there for the players. They're there for the baseball. And we got to make sure that we balance the two in there because I think that's really important in Memphis. And for, for Memphis, for people who haven't been there, it's a fun town. There's a lot of things to do. You have some great hotels there, a lot of great entertainment. You guys provide good entertainment with baseball as well. So this isn't like some of the other towns that you'll see a AAA team in. No, not at all. Um, you know, the one thing that we're fortunate with is that our stadium is right downtown. And it is within, you can come down, park your car at the hotel, and never have to get in your car for two or three days until you're ready to leave because you can walk everywhere. You can go from the hotel to the ballpark. You can walk down to the National Civil Rights Museum, which is a must-see if you are in town. Um, you know, Bass Pro Shops. Um, there's other museums. Uh, Sun Studios is a block and a half. Gibson Guitar Store still there? Uh, they just moved out. So, but there is uh, there there are other lots of other music things that you can do even downtown as well. And obviously, Beale Street is two blocks away from the ballpark. So, um, from an entertainment standpoint, it's a great weekend getaway. It's a great place to sort of escape to, uh, get your Cardinal fix while. The team is out of town and enjoy a nice little weekend in, in, in Memphis. Yeah, I always remind people that when the Cardinals are on the road, Memphis is so close to go to. And not only are you going to see, as we mentioned, the future of the Cardinals, but there's so many other things that go into it. Give me some of the, the fun items that you guys have been able to master over the years that people look forward to, aside from fireworks night. Well, fireworks is our biggest one. Is Saturday nights. Um, if you've never ex experienced fireworks nights in, in Memphis on Saturdays after the game, it's a must-see as well. Uh, we shoot right from the middle of center field. People think we're nuts, um, but it is like you are right there with the fireworks. Um, the other thing that's kind of fun is we do our throwback Thursdays where we do, you know, cheap pricing on on beer you get you know two dollar beers there's dollar hot dogs and we do the throwback from people who are you know sort of old school of of the memphis chicks and 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 that brand and wear a lot of chicks gear um, do a lot of fun things activating around that um, and then sundays are our family days and you know great little casual things for the kids to come and do things um, you know autographs and all sorts of stuff it's a very family friendly um, atmosphere. Um, everything is about, as I said before, the experience. And we want people just to have a great experience when they come inside there. And it's it's sort of like if you've been here, if you've been in Florida to watch spring training, that's what minor league baseball is like. That's what the facilities are like. It's that experience all the time. I had a chance to meet your owner and what a delightful guy he is who's really passionate and obviously gives you all of the tools you need to make this not only a fun organization, but a well-run organization. Yeah, I think, you know, the other part, too, is is we're both sort of baseball purists, mm -hmm. um, and we love the game. And for us, it is the experience is also about the players when they come through. You know, we want the players when they come through to love Memphis, and we want them to love the facility and love that. We know it's a stopover. We know it is something that they're only, they, they only want to be there temporarily because their goal is to get to St. Louis. But in the end is, is that we want you know, that experience in Memphis for the fans, for the players, for the Cardinal organization as well. There are partners you know, in, in Memphis um, to, for that to be you know, something of, of a point of pride that when people come through there, they're like they are proud to be in Memphis, for, even for that short time they may be there. Well, you have guys that come back to Memphis when their career is over with, like a Jason Mott and people like that who have found Memphis to be their home and, and want to be part of what's going on there. 
yeah, Jason Mott, Bo Hart lives it, you know, lives in the area as well too. Um, and we see a lot of the former guys, you know, sort of come through as it's, a, you know. Jason Isringhausen comes through all the time as part of the, you know, the Cardinals core program and stuff too. Uh, he didn't play there, but it was, you know, these guys love to come there. It's a, it's a, it's a great town. Um, and it's got long baseball history. There's been almost near continuous baseball, professional baseball in Memphis since the 1880s. And you know, Memphis would never be the same without Tommy Pham though. Uh, Tommy Pham <laughs> was a, uh, was, was a legend down there. Um, I, I was, you know, I, I love Tommy, the, the passion that he had for the game and the passion that he had to be a professional. Um, and, you know, he he put up some great numbers there. Craig Unger, uh, man, it's great to see you. And we've known each other since your radio days. And how many years now as an executive? Uh, this is my sixth year in Memphis, uh, my sixth season, I think. Um, and then I was with the Cardinals for a while. This is like, I've been doing this, been around the baseball and around this stuff for almost 20 years now, which is scary. And you still know how to pull a tarp if the rain comes down. I pulled tarp last week. <laughs> good to see you, man. And great, good luck this year. Thank you. Hey, while the Cardinals bats are heating up in Florida, we are firing up the new grills of the Budweiser Burger Bar in St. Louis. When you're at the ballpark this season, be sure to head to the Budweiser Terrace on the fourth level of Bush Stadium to try the new Budweiser Burger Bar featuring handmade craft burgers with the Budweiser twist. Back to wrap up Hour 1 of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Emmerin Next right here on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. All right, back to the field. Base is loaded the pitch for Yanni. Here it comes. This is the Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron. Swings and hits it deep. Get up, baby. Get up. Get up. It's a grand slam. Oh, a grand slam home run for Yanni Molina. He touches the ball. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby and the Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Well, as we get close to opening day, it's a chance for us to visit with the voices of the Cardinals, Mike Shannon and John Rooney. And, gentlemen, you have uh, had the chance to watch these players from day one of spring training. So give me some thoughts on what you've seen so far, especially on how this camp has run. Camp has run extremely well. Uh, I think that Mike Schultz, the uh, Cardinal manager, has done an unbelievable job of that. Very, very well coordinated. Everybody knows what they're supposed to do and when they're supposed to do it. And they've worked a lot on fundamentals, Mike. Uh, they've been working day in and day out to try to clean up some of the defensive problems they've had working on base running. Uh, Lou Brock uh, emphasized going first to third, and we've seen a better job of that, uh, I really believe, in the last few games. But it's getting some runners on base and trying to get some men in scoring position. That has been a little difficult lately. You know, one of the things we hear so much about communication Mike Schilt communicating with everybody I think on the other side of the coin I've been impressed with the commitment that we've seen not only from the manager and the coaches but the players have seen the body in at an early stage well I know some of the new players that uh, have joined this ball club they're very impressed with it you know especially uh, uh, some of the guys that have had some good experience in the big leagues and that's impressive when they tell you say boy I really like this team and I want to really uh I want to really be part of it, and I want to pitch in. That's important. And that's Goldschmidt, Miller, Drew Robinson coming mm -hmm. over from Texas, and uh, some of the guys we got for Tommy Pham last year coming over from Tampa Bay. They all enjoy this atmosphere. They enjoy seeing all the red in the stands, and if they're fortunate enough, uh, those younger players, to make it up to St. Louis to play, they're going to be even more impressed when they get to Bush Stadium. You know, one of the things that we saw coming into this spring is the amount of pitching and especially big league experience 
Is that going to be the strong suit for the Cardinals in 2019? Because we've got pitching, starting pitching, and we've got a lot of guys in the bullpen, and a good pitcher may not make this team. Well, by and large, Mike, don't you think the starting pitching last year held up well other than Walker's injury and then late with Carlos Martinez? Uh, the bullpen had its moments off and on and I think simply ran out of gas toward the end of the year. But starting pitching was pretty good, and I think it will be out of the gate this year. Well, I think quantity-wise, uh, we're in very good shape. Quality, I'm not too sure yet. You know, you're, you're not going to be that sure in spring training. I mean, look at my Miles and Michaelis. Last year, he didn't show us that he could throw uh, with that velocity in spring training, and then he turned it on once we got north. Now, can some of these guys do that this year? Well, we'll wait and see. We've had some interesting battles. We talk about pitching the bullpen. There have been some real battles as far as who's going to make it. But what other positions have you been impressed with as far as either the competition or better yet, the improvement that you've had a chance to see? Well, we haven't been able to see a lot of Jed Jerko because of injuries and Matt Carpenter recently with a sore back. Uh, Drew Robinson is trying to make this team as a left-handed bat because Greg Garcia is not with the Cardinals anymore. He's handled that position uh, off the bench the past few years. I really like what I see from Tommy Edmond. Tommy Edmond has been so impressive, Mike. The guy puts the ball in play, and he goes and gets the ball wherever he plays on the infield. And He's in the lineup today, and I'll be watching again because they're giving him every chance to make this baseball team. They really are him. And that's the other thing, how they've utilized this spring training. You know, you don't have enough innings for everybody, but the at-bats have been so important. And I, and I guess I go back to organization because everybody who shows up to the park knows that this could be their day and their only day to shine. Well, and it's one of those things, Mike, where you have a minor league system that has promoted so many players to the big leagues that when somebody signs with the Cardinals and they get off to a good start, and we've seen so many of these young minor league players in games making contributions, and we've seen a lot of Dylan Carlson, and uh, we've seen some other young players uh, hitting home runs and being so impressive, but, but looking good in the field. That confidence comes from the fact that they really feel like they have a chance to play at Bush Stadium. And I think that there's no doubt, we saw it the other day in a game, uh, how important uh, Goldsmith's going to be to the defense. Uh, there, there's, without a doubt, he's going to be so important to this baseball team. I'll ask both of you guys this question. Is defense like offense contagious? When you have one guy that starts playing well, it starts to spread? Oh, yeah, no doubt in my mind. I mean, this is a very infectious game, okay? And, you know, they talk about uh, uh, <laughs> momentum, okay? Well... It has a lot to do with it, you know. You know, a, a good point is that look at the look at the uh, uh, the Miami team. They've won nine in a row as we go into spring training. They're liable to lose nine in a row when the season starts. You know, it's a funny, but it, it just proves when this thing starts rolling, they start rolling. When they go the other way, they go that bad too. It's like a snowball coming down the hill. Well, Mike, a little history lesson: your team's in the '60s. They just didn't beat themselves. They made plays. Well, that's very important. Defense, pitching, and defense is the name of this game. It always has been, and in my mind, it always will be. You mentioned Goldschmidt, not just because of his defense, but just his presence and and how he carries himself especially with some young players on this ball club. This is a guy that has really stepped in and quietly assumed an important role. Well, don't forget, too, it's his, he's, he's still looking for a contract, okay? And uh, all of the things that you mentioned, uh, Mike Claiborne, are extremely important when ownership is looking at a player for a, an extended uh, period of time as far as signing him. And all of those things you said, Mike, we heard from Tony La Russa, who worked with him on a personal level, 
when Tony was the president of baseball down in Phoenix, and he said uh, certainly Goldschmidt is the closest thing that Tony had encountered since Albert Pujols, and we know how much Tony and Albert Pujols uh, had a great relationship and how big that was. It says a lot for me, and when I texted Tony after the trade acquiring Goldschmidt, he sent back one word, class. I think, Mike, uh, another thing that the fans are going to really they're going to enjoy this baseball team this year. Uh, no matter how well they do, but I think they're going to enjoy them. This is the kind of ball club that you're going to enjoy watching, and it's going to be a kind of ball club that you enjoy listening to and watching. You know, one of the things that stands out for me, Mike, when you talk about that is the fact that the hustle, uh, going first to third, stealing bases, hustling in the outfield, and not beating themselves, and we saw a lot of that last year where guys are beating themselves. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to see as much of it this year. Well, hopefully, uh, you know, Bader's a guy that will uh, install some aggressiveness into you. But you have to – he's the one guy you have to rein in occasionally. <laughs> you have to watch him, you know, and you have to keep him under tow, so, so to speak. But I, I'd rather have a guy like him than uh, the other way around. And, Claves, I've been asked a lot about Dexter Fowler, and I think uh, coming back from a broken foot, uh, we've seen some improvement in his moving in the outfield. And uh, really liked the other day what he did going first to third on a base hit to right field by Goldschmidt. Uh, didn't hesitate, and he was going to make it all the way. The right fielder threw the ball away. That was a run and led to another one. That kind of play, uh, I think, will really help the Cardinals throughout the season. You mentioned something there, John, base running. Okay, we, we don't talk much about that, but it's so important when you consider. And uh, that's when you said earlier about Lou Brock saying going from first to third. Those are the kind of things that put so much pressure on other teams, the opposition. All right, I want to talk a little bit about the division. The good news is we don't play the division in the spring. The bad news is we don't play the division in the spring. But when you look at it on paper, I ask the question, why not the Cardinals? Because I'm not sure what the Cubs have done to make themselves significantly better. Mike Moustakas is going to play second base for the Milwaukee Brewers. He's never played the position before, and it's kind of hard to make that adjustment at this level, although we're sitting next to a guy, John, who did it. But I think overall, I'm not sure if those teams stepped up that much where we say, uh-oh, here come the Cubs or here come the Brewers. Well, Moustakas played third, and they had Shaw out of position last year playing second, and they're doing just the opposite right now with Milwaukee. Uh, it's their pitching that will tell the story, their bullpen, was unbelievable and got them to a position where they could win the division in a one-game playoff and then propelled them a little bit deeper. But Cincinnati's better with their lineup. If they can get some pitching to come through there, they may not win or be in position to win, but they can certainly influence who does. Well, we're recording this show with about a week left in spring training, and I want to tell you something. That's the most important part of spring training. Uh, you can take the first five or six weeks and you can uh, – have them there, but this is what really counts. And this is a big game today. We take on Philadelphia today, and that bullpen is what I'm looking at and how they're going to work out today. Well, it's going to be fun for sure. Uh, I think we all share the one thing that this team is going to come out of this camp better prepared, and as Mike, you touched on it, maybe more exciting to watch. And I think that's going to be a reason why fans are going to tune in and listen to you guys and uh, follow this team all throughout the season. Well, we're looking forward to getting started, uh, going to uh, Memphis to finish up spring training, and then Milwaukee right out of the gate and have to play Milwaukee 
in both of our first two road trips. That's a well, little we unusual. We played Milwaukee in the first month of the season. You know, we start with them, then they come to our ballpark. We go back up there, and, uh, and about two weeks after opening day. So it's going to be a lot of uh, Milwaukee to start with. Maybe Euchre will spend some of that playoff money share <laughs> that he got from the uh, Milwaukee Brewers this year. Maybe he'll spend that. I think that's a great idea the Cardinals ought to think about. Yeah, oh, I do too. I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll we'll take it. All right, fellas, let's have a great season. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Mike. You got it, Klebs. The Cardinals Kids Club, presented by Rawlings, is the exclusive fan club for kids 13 and under. Membership includes two tickets to a 2019 Cardinals home game, a Yadier Molina pillowcase, Fredbird mug lunch bag, and more. Special price of just $30 through April 30th. Join at cardinals.com slash Kids Club. A quick break, and we're back with Craig Mish talking all things Major League Baseball on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Now, back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. Craig Mish of Sirius Radio is with us, and he has a show that you can hear daily. First of all, you were one of the pioneers. You started with that thing many, many years ago when nobody even had satellite radio in their car. Yeah, Mike, thanks for having me. That's true. In fact, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio is about to celebrate their 10th anniversary on Sirius XM, and I hosted the first ever fantasy baseball show on that channel. So this is my ninth year doing it, and it keeps growing and growing, not just with baseball, obviously, but football is a huge phenomenon. And so it has been a great ride for me, for sure. You never know in this industry how you can be in one place for so long but here i am nine years later you know it's amazing you use the word phenomenon because fantasy sports used to just be a hobby or a fad for people and now there's so much money involved in it did you ever think it was it would grow in the manner that it is and then they're going to pay you to talk about something that you were paying to get involved in yeah it's funny that you mentioned that because when they announced that they were launching the channel they reached out to me because they had a great idea how to do football but they really weren't sure how to do baseball so we were kind of talking about different ideas and ironically a friend of mine who played in the big leagues for a long time cliff floyd was just retired and i went to him and he lives in south florida as you know and i said how do you feel about doing a fantasy baseball show with me and he said fantasy baseball are you crazy i don't know anything about that Lo and behold, Cliff Floyd and I hosted the first show on that channel, and Cliff has now gone on to do great things in TV and radio. So long answer is no, I did not expect it to be this big. You know, it's interesting. With all the technology and information, it's become a lot more complex than what it was when you first started as a participant and certainly as a show host. Yeah, and I think that now what's starting to happen is you're seeing a lot of the different high stakes and expert leagues really come alive. There's uh, something called the NFBC, which they have a very huge event every year in New York, and then there's another one in Las Vegas. I'm actually uh, going to be at that one in New York this weekend where you have really some intelligent people who are looking beyond the game and looking at all of the metrics and analytics and trying to find ways to win. They They'll be, be general managers before you know it. <laughs> They'll never go to a game. Yeah, exactly. They may never watch a game, Mike, but they end up winning in the end. They have these great theories and ideas how to do it. I'm still a I got to touch and feel, I got to see. That's me. But I got to tell you, these guys are great at what they do. You know, I think fantasy sports has changed how we watch games and how we listen to them. Um, and I can always tell what writer or what person who's following a game is in a fantasy league by how quickly they can pull up a number on an individual player or how they're throwing some other guy under the bus. Uh, it's had a more of an impact than I think any of us ever thought. And now when we watch it on TV, there's a crawl. 
at the bottom of the screen on who did what that particular night. It, it's really got its fingerprints on the game. Yeah, and, and as you know, Major League Baseball has partnerships now with DraftKings, so the daily fantasy element has come involved where you're setting the daily lineup each day, and it's a one-day-and-done deal. So, yeah, I think that really the people who were around the game and who followed it for a long time will continue to, and I think the engagement with fans who have never done it before as time goes on, you're going to see this grow more and more. You know, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you, because you're still a touchy-feely guy, for our listeners who may have heard the name Craig Mish before, you were all over the Ozuna deal last year, and anything that comes out of South Florida, people always come to you first. So give me your impression on where we're headed with the game now, because you watch it, you pay attention. I mean, again, you're not in, in your basement following this thing. Give me your thoughts on where we're headed, especially after the labor, I guess, olive branch that was extended recently that's a good sign but i do think that we're headed toward a dangerous time and i think a great example of that is what we're seeing right now in the last three or four days in the nfl there is no way that major league baseball can be watching this and thinking that this is a great thing that Le'Veon bell is signing and odell beckham is being traded and all of these flurry of moves are happening and in baseball, we had to wait four months to find out where Harper and Machado were going to end up. Can you imagine in two years that Mike Trout is a free agent and we have to wait until February to find out where he's going to sign? That's an element that has to be fixed. It's not good for the game to wait. Well, I, I'm of the belief that they need to blow up the system. I think there are enough things on the board between the NFL and the NBA and even maybe the NHL that you can come up with a formula that works and I think in part of that, you put in a, a reopener every three years to tweak it in case somebody thinks they're smarter than the next guy where you don't have labor issues like we, we could possibly see with baseball owners and players. Yeah, and I think that it is a back-to-the-drawing-board sort of thing. Uh, baseball is trying to make subtle moves, I think, to speed up the game, and that's fine. Look, I'm a purist, but I am open and will be fine with everything that they possibly choose. But there is no doubt that baseball, although it is my love and it is my favorite, we are falling behind in popularity because of the drama that, that is trades, that is movement. Like, everybody wants to feel like they want to be inside. Everybody wants to know what's going to happen next. This is a what is happening right now, a Twitter world. And in baseball, there, there's just too much speculation, too much discussion. It became a little bit of overkill this past offseason, and I hope that we have more activity and less rumors. You know, when you talk about activity, when you look at, you mentioned the NFL, we see it in the summer with the NBA. When their free agency period comes up, man, it's ga-ga-goo-goo. And you and I and other people go to the winter meetings anticipating something, and we just look at each other and after we get finished looking at each other's family pictures, we realize we've wasted three or four days because baseball's not embraced that yet. Yeah, and I went to the winter meetings in Orlando two years ago. Never thought that going to Las Vegas this past year, we would endure the same thing. Here's something to keep in mind, which is important. I don't blame all of the national writers, the media, for doing what they do. They're getting paid to go out to the winter meetings to report and to have stories. Well, what happens if there's nothing? There's going to be a lot of rumors, and that's what's happened the last couple of years. Does there need to be some sort of free agent moratorium? Should there be an opening period? Unfortunately, I'm not smart enough to, to have the answer, but here is what I know. On the eve of free agency and at 12.01 of free agency in the other two sports, that's all we're talking about in the sports world for that period of time. Baseball has to find a way to make that happen too. All right, let's talk about a few teams. Uh, you're having a chance to watch the Cardinals. I personally think that this division, 
uh, National League Central might be as loaded as anyone because I don't know if there's a team that's going to finish at under 500. Even Pittsburgh, because they've got some good young arms, can find themselves in the mix. But do you see a division that may be stronger? Um, I think the AL East probably with the three teams there because the Yankees, the Red Sox, and people like to discount the Rays every year. But, I, I mean, they're, they're probably going to win close to 90 games again. The problem is the bottom feeders in the AL East I don't think are, are trying particularly hard with Baltimore and Toronto didn't do anything in the offseason. But you're right, this division, you have four very competitive teams. You can make the case that any of them can win the division. I would still say that the biggest acquisition to me in all of the offseason was the Cardinals getting Goldschmidt. I have not seen any other move that I feel will have a bigger impact on a team. Will that mean the Cardinals win the division, go to the World Series? I don't have the answer to that, but that still remains the signature move for the offseason for me. You mentioned Tampa. I'm like you. I think that they are a team, if they were in any other division, they might win it in the American League. Give me some other teams and maybe give me a player or two that maybe we should start paying closer attention to. Right. Well, I think in the American League Central, the Twins are going to be a team to watch. The Indians have, to me, really taken a step back. Their starting shortstop, Francisco Lindor, is going to be hurt to start the season. There were all kinds of rumors surrounding their pitching, and we know they have great starting pitching, but their outfield is really weak. I think it's for the taking there. Now, the problem is that division. You have the White Sox, who, as we know, probably aren't going to compete for that. And I don't think the Tigers are there yet. But the Twins have made some really nice off-season, off-season acquisitions. They have a front-line ace in Barrios. They added a home run hitter in Cron. They also added Marwin Gonzalez. And they have a couple of young players in Kepler and Buxton that if they get to that next level, I could see them winning that division. So that's a team that I wouldn't sleep on this offseason. Anybody else in the National League you think has improved themselves? Well, there's no doubt that you can't ignore what's happened in the National League East, too. I think it's a little bit overrated. I think that, yeah, I don't think the Mets, in my mind, are ready to compete like everybody else thinks. And I also think you have to look at the Braves and wonder what they did in the offseason. This is a team that's right on the cusp of it. They didn't make a lot of moves, and their opening day starting pitcher is probably not going to be ready for the season in Fulton Awich. They're going to have to count on a lot of young kids. So if it was my guess, the Nationals and the Phillies are going to be two very strong teams fighting till the end. You know, one of the things about it I also look at is how many, when we talk about these teams that we think can break through, I always look to see how many winning players do they have, people who know how to get you through September. And that starts with the manager and his coaches, and it doesn't hurt to have a couple of players standing around. And I think that's important, especially when you look at the Mets who have a manager who made some mistakes last year. And you look at the roster and you say, well, who's a winner on this team? And I think those things come into play a lot more than what they used to. Craig Mish, always good to see you. We don't see each other enough. Good luck and have fun this year. Listeners can hear you on Sirius XM Win. Every day from 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern, Sirius 210, XM 87. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. While the Cardinals' bats are heating up in Florida, we are firing up the new grills of the Budweiser Burger Bar in St. Louis. When you're at the ballpark this season, be sure to head to the Budweiser Terrace on the fourth level of Bush Stadium to try the new Budweiser Burger Bar featuring handmade craft burgers with a Budweiser twist. Paul Goldschmidt, the new Cardinals' first baseman, joins Cardinals Countdown to opening day next. We're presented by Amarant, and we're back after this on the St. Louis Cardinals radio network this is the countdown to opening day show presented by amron on your voice of the st louis cardinals kmox paul goldschmidt on the cardinals radio network i'm tom ackerman it's great to be with you it's been a lot of fun to see you wearing the cardinal uniform how's it been down here 
Yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, it's a great organization. The guys are great. Coaching staff's awesome. Fans are very passionate. So uh, it's been fun to get out here and play, get to know everyone, and get out there and get to work and get ready for the season. What do the fans say to you when you're out there? <clears throat> Just excited to be on the team, and, uh, you know, they'll be rooting for us. And, uh you know, it's great to have the support, but now, you know, not just myself, but the whole team has to go out there. you got to earn every bit of it, so that's what we're trying to do, get out get out here and focus and, and work hard and prepare and then be ready to go opening day. Yeah, now it gets real, and you'll open the season in Milwaukee, and then a week <clears throat> later you'll be at Bush Stadium. What do you know about the opening day ceremony at Bush? Uh, I know it's a huge deal. You know, with the Dimebacks, we were actually there for it last year, so that was kind of, you know, cool to get to see that from a visitor so it won't be brand new and, I just know the whole town is excited, and it's going to be really, really special to be part of that. We talked a little bit uh, right after your press conference down in our studio, and you talked about your every day. And the way I read it was, you know, you're not on social media. You're not out there trying to do anything more than play a game and spend time with family and friends. <laughs> Are we too far off of that? No, it's pretty spot on. I mean, I love baseball, and, and this is... You know, job. So I take it very seriously and try to put in the work and prepare every day and put everything I have into it. And, you know, off the field, pretty simple. I like to spend time with uh, family and friends, and you know, just like anyone else out there, you know, I try to minimize distractions, whatever that may be, social media or anything else. And you know, I'm just going to give this game everything I have, try to play to the best of my ability, and see what happens. And I know the rest of the guys are doing the same thing. St. Louis as a baseball town and its history. What do you know about it? What do you respect about it? Yeah, it's a really special place, and, and there's a ton of history here, a ton of you know world championships, a ton of Hall of Famers, and you know I don't know all the specifics with you know me only being here a few months, but excited to learn about it and just you know know there's a tradition of winning, a tradition of playing the game hard, showing up and and, and getting after it, and you know I can see that every player here is focused, and you just came right in, you can see the the want from the guys, the preparation, and. You know, everyone's you know putting in extra time, early work, late work, trying to find any edge they can to help us win. And that's what the fans expect, and that's what we expect out of ourselves. So we'll go out there and you know, try to play well and do something special this year. Paul Goldschmidt is with us. When you see, let's talk about hitting for a minute. A, a pitch coming 95 to 100 miles an hour to somebody who doesn't play the game is very hard to see. How do you acquire that over time, the ability to see a ball, halfway to home plate and knowing where it's going to be honestly it's just years and years of practice i mean when you're in high school you don't see it that much and it you know just looks so fast and you either sign or you go to college and you know now you see 92 93 a little bit more often and you get to minor leagues you're seeing you know mid 90s a little bit more often now in the big leagues it's almost like mid to upper 90s so there's no substitute for getting out there and playing the game i mean you can crank the machine up and you can do drills like that to help yourself but it's still with that going to take time. I mean, every level you move up in your career, you're like, oh man, how is how am I going to hit this pitch or how am I going to do that? But you know, then throughout the season, you keep working on it and working on it, and it can slowly get better. You uh, hit the ball hard. I mean, the, the the velocity off your bat is that something that you strive for too? Are you trying to barrel as hard as possible? How how do you approach with your swing? Um, I think the result of hitting the ball hard just comes. I don't think you're, anyone's out there like trying to hit home runs or let me see how hard I can hit this ball. But, yeah, I mean, if you put the barrel on the ball with as hard as guys are throwing and, you know, as much training as we're going to do, it's going to come off hard. And I think that's the simplest thing you're trying to do as a hitter, have a good at bat, hit the ball hard, and hopefully they don't catch it. What about running the bases? What is your philosophy there? You always seem to be <clears> – I forget who said this to me, but we were watching you play. I believe it was Dave LaPointe, actually, former Cardinals pitcher, was up in the booth with me, and he said, if you watch Paul, you can see that he is 
thinking, how can I score here as he's turning and running the bases? What are you thinking out there? What, how, what is your approach? Yeah, just looking for any opportunity to, to get to the next base or score a run. That's what we're all trying to do. And, hey, base running is just knowing how important base running is. It's, you know, sometimes can get overlooked and um, it doesn't, not necessarily just how fast you are, but I was fortunate enough to learn from some great, you know, some great teachers like a guy like Dave McKay, who was, you know, here forever, won a world championship here as a first base coach. He was in Arizona. So just watching those guys and learning from them and, um, I mean, you have to be prepared and, and then just understand how important it is. How can I get to the next base? Um, how can I score a run? You know, every base you move up, the easier it is to score a run for the guy hitting or for your team. And just understand there's a lot of games won and lost on the bases. And, you know, I just try to do the best I can, and, you know, at every facet of the game because it's all important. You can win a game in a lot of different ways. You can, you know, obviously get a hit and do that, but you can do something, you know, on the bases or you can make a great play on defense. Pitchers can make a great play. So there's a lot of different ways to win. And, you know, I'm just trying to find any way to help us. And you have done that. Defense is a big part of your game. That right side of the infield with Colton Wong looks pretty strong. What is it like working with him at second base? Yeah, I didn't realize, you know, how talented he was over there, how great of a player he is. You know, he can hit too, but his defense stands out among, you know, almost anyone in the league. And he's got so much range, and, you know, he's a smart player. And um, it'll be fun to get over there and, and play with him and see some of the plays he makes. And then finally, just this staff and Mike Schilt leading the way. What has been your overall impression of how they do things around here? Yeah, again, very focused, and Shilty's a great communicator and very organized and knows the game. He's been in the game forever, and this whole staff has. There's a ton of experience, so it's great. I mean, it's new to me because I don't really know any or didn't really know any of them coming in, but it's awesome to have that fresh perspective, and they see things that, you know, I can improve on and are there to help me and just, you know, some new eyes, and, and that's what they're doing for this team. Just want to make us prepared and, you know, find any edge we can to, to win. You know, it comes down to a very thin margin you know, in every game, but especially, you know, this division is going to be really tough. And, you know, if we can just find a little edge and hopefully that'll help us ahead of the rest of the teams. And it really goes all the way up to the top, doesn't it, to build a wit. And your future is a topic for another day. But what has it been like to work with the owner in the front office? Again, I think that just commitment to, to excellence here and um, you're never going to be perfect, but just really committed to this organization, to the fans and to the players and doing whatever it's going to take to, you know, help us win, to put the best product on the field. Something, you know, I really respected from being in another organization. We had that too with, with the owner, with the Dimebacks. It was awesome to be part of a team where, you know, the owner wanted to win and he was willing you know, to do whatever it took to help the players, to help the coaching staff front office. And, you know, it's great to, to see that over here, too. I mean, that's what you want. You're out there giving everything you have. And, you know, to win world championships like this organization's done, it's going to take a top-to-bottom effort. And just uh, grateful for that for, for everyone in this organization. Join us April 7th when 30,000 fans age 16 and older take home a Cardinals hooded windbreaker, courtesy of Old Dominion Freightline. Also, all kids 15 and younger will receive a free ticket voucher valid for select 2019 Cardinals home games. Visit cardinals.com slash promotions for more info. We'll talk uh, what's going on at the ballpark next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Emerin on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Back to the Countdown to Opening Day show with Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby on KMOX. Welcome back to Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. Chris Raby with you for the final time this offseason on the St. Louis Cardinals radio network. In just two weeks, the first homestand, the Cardinals will welcome uh, the San Diego Padres to town, followed by the Los Angeles Dodgers. What a week of baseball that will be. And we say hello to Bethany White, a senior account executive for theme tickets with the Cardinals. Bethany, how are you? Happy almost baseball season. 
Hey, Chris. I am doing so great. How are you? We're really good. And what a great first homestand it is for the Cardinals, not just opening weekend with the Padres in town, but then uh, during the Dodgers series, four great theme events that kick off the year, kick off the homestand. These theme nights that you guys have throughout the year have become so popular, haven't they? They really have. It's amazing to see the different groups of people and fan bases and everything that come down to the ballpark. And they might not have normally been here during the Dodgers series in April, but we've given them a reason to come down. And it's so fun to see everybody uh, here celebrating, you know, two different passions of theirs. Cardinals.com slash theme is where you go over 50 theme nights for 2019 on sale right now. And we'll begin with college night, April 8th against the Dodgers. That's Monday, April 8th. And these weekday games for the uh, first month or so of the season before school gets out will be at 645. But a really, really cool item that you guys are giving away for college night. Yeah, it's a Cardinals Letterman sweatshirt jacket. So it looks just like one of those old Letterman jackets you would have worn in high school. But it's kind of a sweatshirt material. It's awesome. I think it's going to be a huge hit. And those theme tickets are just $20. So college kids, staff, faculty, we'd love to see everybody out um, rocking their jacket. Hopefully that'll keep everybody warm enough on that early April night. Cardinals.com slash theme is where you go. Um, You know, I am in the midst of a Game of Thrones binge that started right before spring training and April 9th. Game of Thrones night. I know always one of the most popular evenings for you guys of the year. Definitely. So this year we have a really cool t-shirt designed featuring some of the NL Central teams, but it's spun into Midwesteros, I believe. I'm not up on all of my Game of Thrones knowledge, but I know it's a huge hit for everyone. We're going to have an official Iron Throne on hand here sent straight from HBO uh, for photo ops so fans can come take a picture, get this awesome t-shirt rep their love for the Cardinals, rep their love for Game of Thrones. It's going to be great. Where do you guys acquire an official Iron Throne for the you photos? Know, we we have our sources, Chris. <laughs> We've got our sources. I feel like that might be something that like John Brebbia has down in the clubhouse. <laughs> Probably so. Game of Thrones night, April 9th against the Dodgers. And, of course, uh, college night, April 8th. Go to cardinals.com slash theme. And then how about wrapping up the homestand, the 10th and the 11th, law enforcement appreciation and firefighters appreciation. And not just uh, a couple of great items that you'll get with your ticket, but I know also some proceeds of the tickets going to great causes, Bethany. Yeah, it's really great. You know, we love celebrating our hometown heroes, um, and we know that they work shifts. So we're giving the law enforcement officers and our firefighters an option for either a night game on April 10th or a day game on April 11th. Um, They'll get a special cap that either says Cardinals law enforcement or Cardinals firefighter on it. And for the law enforcement tickets, a portion of each ticket will go to the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund. And for the firefighters theme tickets, a portion of each ticket will go to Backstoppers right here in St. Louis. So um, definitely fun to celebrate our law enforcement officers and firefighters who keep St. Louis safe. That is awesome. Cardinals.com slash theme is where you go. And you can hop onto the website right now, not just see all of the theme nights and details, but you can also see all of the items. So you can see the Letterman sweatshirt jacket, which is really, really nice. You can see the Game of Thrones t-shirt. You can see the hats that you'll get for firefighter and law enforcement appreciation day 
and Appreciation Night. Give us uh, maybe a couple more theme nights, Bethany, that you're excited about. Maybe one uh, returning favorite and one new theme night that you're really excited about this year. Well, I would say some of our returning favorites have to be those music nights, Grateful Dead Night, Margaritaville Night. Uh, Star Wars is always a big returning favorite. And then my personal favorite new theme night this year is going to be Boy Band Night (laughs) on April 19th. We're going to have a boy band cover band um, come and play some hits, and it's going to be a good throwback for all those ladies and gents who live their best life in the 90s. And in awesome t-shirt giveaway yes yes we are remaking the InSync album cover from their first self-titled album go to cardinals.com slash theme check out all the nights and of course there will be theme nights added i know throughout the season because bethany and everyone over at bush stadium is hard at work throughout the entire year and check out the theme nights for the first homestand for that Dodgers series that is April 8th through April 11th. Bethany White, a senior account executive in theme tickets. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. And we'll see you at the ballpark. Thanks, Chris. Can't wait to see you and everyone down at Bush Stadium. For the very best in Cardinals coverage, it's Cardinals Magazine. Subscribe today and receive two free tickets to see the Redbirds at Bush this summer. Order at 314-345-9000 or cardinals.com slash publications. We're back in a moment. We wrap up the final edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren for this year on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Ameren on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. We are wrapping up the final edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. And let's do it in style by giving away a 2019 Cardinals calendar. You'll know everything that's going on and when and where the Cardinals are playing. If you're caller three right now at 314-531-1120. What a great show. Thanks to our guests tonight, Paul Goldschmidt, Harrison Bader. Thank you to Mike Shannon, John Rooney, Gary LaRock, Craig Unger, Craig Mish. And Bethany White, thank you to Mike Claiborne and Tom Ackerman for helping out. Tom, of course, down in Jupiter. Klaibs, who's been a great co-host all year long. And thank you also to Ben Boyd, our executive producer each and every week. Mike Anderson, who does a great job during Cardinals Countdown and also the baseball season, along with Zach Schmidt here in our network studios. And, of course, Ann Carroll from the Cardinals Radio Network. I'm Chris Raby. How does this sound? We'll talk to you next week for Cardinals Baseball. Until then, this has been Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. 